It is obscene. It is obscene. It is obscene. In 1992, the Canadian Supreme Court ruled that it was more important to ban speech that is dehumanizing to women than to protect free speech. Now we see the direct and indirect effects. We see the rise in murders, in abuse, in batteries, teen prostitution and teen suicide. We hear the wailing mothers, the grieving sisters, the tormented brothers and fathers and children planning their own funerals with pink dresses and pink caskets. If the filth that is portrayed in these gangster rap videos and art is not obscene, then I submit that nothing is obscene. We started off as targets. We had the Congress mad at the whole genre, trying to get rid of us. Now it's like we're not even trying to be good. Hello. Welcome to the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast. And today, what I'm going to be doing, it, it's kind of like an audio essay where I break down the C. Dolores, um, the very infamous C. Dolores interview or presentation where she talks about the obscenity of hip hop. It is obscene. It is obscene. It is obscene. That one specifically. And I just want to preface, preface this with... You know, I'm going to try to play devil's advocate a little bit too. I'm going to speak for the side of hip-hop, and I kind of want to speak on her side of things and how, in some ways, she might be correct as well as she might be wrong in some areas. So you're really going to see see me kind of pick apart things that most people would just say, oh, no, that's all. And I want to pick it apart. I want to be a little bit more objective and unbiased. So you're going to get to see that side. It's going to be really fun and... What I'm going to do is I'm just going to play the whole entire thing uncut through and then I'm going to break it down. So, and, but also for you, for those of you who don't know who C. Dolores is, she is a, she is a black activist and a, a civil rights activist as well. And she marched with, with uh, Martin Luther King through Selma, Alabama, was beaten. And she has a very rich history within uh, the civil rights era. So I'm just going to speak on everything that that she covers within her presentation uh pay my respect and just just play both sides devil's advocate speak for the hip hoppers and and just give this a chance to breathe and really examine the history because this is a historical landmark of hip-hop it represents so much including you know just adversity the adversity that an artist would have to go through you know um from you know, certain channels, activism channels, and and just certain generational gaps. Like, I mean, a generational gap. This is definitely a generational gap that we get to examine within this time period. But without further ado, I don't want to keep on blabbering my mouth before she gets to speak. I don't want to cloud up your head. But here we go. Thank you for listening. I'm just going to play it, and then I'm going to break it down, and then... From there, I want you guys to tell me if I was, you know, too biased or if I leaned a certain way. I, I can take criticism. Anyway, let's just get right to it and play it. Now we want to hear from the um, president of the National Congress of Black Political Women, which I had something to do when it was founded, uh, <laughs> including helped to found it. Uh, who has had a distinguished uh, political career in her own right and has of late been 
taking the lead on this issue of violence against women, uh, C. Dolores Tucker. Thank Let's you. bring on. Jesse Jackson and the National Rainbow Coalition are to be commended for their foresight in addressing the number one domestic problem in this nation, the violence in America. The National Political Congress of Black Women is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization created in 1984 at the suggestion of Reverend Jackson at the 1984 Democratic National Convention to empower African-American women economically and politically. Its founding members do include some of the most prominent and concerned women in America, including Mary Berry and Dr. Dorothy Height, uh, our mayor of this city, Alexis Herman, Dr. Gloria A. Toot, Jewel Jackson McCabe, Reverend Willie Barrow, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, Eleanor Holmes, Norton, Cardis Collins, and Congresswoman Barbara Rose Collins. We embrace and salute the goals of this conference. Today we have all come together to join forces to address the issue of violence in the nation. A violence which has decimated our communities, devastated our families, and destroyed the souls of so many of our youth. It is imperative that we stop the agendas that are not too relevant as this that we stop pondering over the issue of space exploration, that we stop debating whose diary we should publicize, <laughs> that we stop arguing over what choices each lifestyle has. For today, we must be serious about this serious situation, this plague, this death to our society. Our greatest fear right here in America is not from hurricanes or earthquakes, not from disease or war, but from violence one against the other. We must understand clearly that violence comes in many forms and is acted upon by many sources. Whether we are talking about physical violence, spiritual violence, economic violence, or sexual violence, the end result is the same, the destruction of human life. Enough is enough. I'd like someone to bring me what made me say enough is enough. Where's my graphic? Bring it up here, please, somebody. I am here to put the nation on notice that violence perpetuated against women through the music industry in the forms of gangster rap and misogynist lyrics will not be tolerated any longer. <laughs> Principle must come before profit. A year ago, I established the National Political Congress of Black Women's Entertainment Commission, headed by Dionne Warwick, Melba Moore, Terry Rossi of Billboard Magazine, and Vaughn Alexander, our director. It had one primary goal, the task of examining and developing strategies and solutions for reshaping and maintaining positive images to preserve the dignity and the heritage of our youth. Instead of continuously exposing our youth to negative media that distorts their images of male-female relationships, 
that undermines the stability of our families, communities, and nation by encouraging violence, abuse, and sexism as acceptable behaviors, and perpetuates the cycle of low self-esteem of African-American youth. Thus, images that degrade our dignity and are an insult to our children, our families, and communities concern us too. And that includes all this gangster rap and misogynist lyrics, music that glorifies and promotes violence with guns, knives, or drugs, and denigrates and defames women. And with the release of Snoop Doggy Dog's debut al album, Doggy Style, <laughs> that includes artwork that is nothing but pornographic smut available to any child to go in and buy with the album and with a record. That has got to stop. You want to know why I'm on the war path? When I saw this, I said, that's it. We march again. And we're going to keep on marching and demonstrating the truth. For 400 years, profit came before principle as black women bore the brunt of slave masters' degradation. But even through the Middle Passage, the peculiar institution of slavery, the spirit of black women and their families could not be broken. Today, however, through the lyrics of rappers who display no respect for women, no respect for families, and little respect for themselves, the souls of our sisters are being destroyed, and so too their progeny. All of us have watched as the industry have grown. We have watched not really knowing, not really understanding, not first realizing the damage that is inherent in what some thought were merely words. Now we see the direct and indirect effects. We see the rise in murders, in abuse, in batterings, teen prostitution and teen suicide. We hear the wailing mothers, the grieving sisters, the tormented brothers and fathers and children planning their own funerals with pink dresses and pink caskets. We feel their hopelessness and helplessness and we embrace their pain. Yet in the midst of these tragedies, others still want to argue about the First <coughs> Amendment right to freedom of speech, a freedom they have embraced to call African-American women hoes and bitches and sluts and even worse. As I see it, these are, there are three things wrong with gangster rap and misogynist lyrics. It is obscene, it is obscene, it is obscene. In my view, in my view, it was never intended by the founding fathers of this nation that First Amendment rights were meant to protect obscenities. And if there were founding mothers, it would have been more explicit about what the First <laughs> Amendment meant. Obscenity, wow, sure obscenity has long been an exception. Obscenity, and we have the Attorney General here, I believe it's right. Obscenity has long been an exception to free speech. If the filth that is portrayed in these gangster rap videos and art is not obscene, then I submit that nothing is obscene. In 1992, the Canadian Supreme Court ruled that it was more important to ban speech that is dehumanizing to women than to protect free speech. 
African-American women have always been the protector and nurturers of their homes, their families, and their communities. We marched for our rights to Selma. I was there with Dr. King. We're beaten with billy cubs and we're bitten with dogs unleashed by bull Connors. We will not tolerate in injustice and insults from our worst enemies then, and we sure ain't gonna accept insults from our youth now. All right, okay. Although the MPCBW condemns the actions of those young people who produce such music, we also realize that we must provide other channels for them to use these multiple talents they have in a positive and wholesome way. After all, after all, they are not the root causes of the complex socioeconomic forces that are manifested in such vile entertainment. Those problems were there long before many of them were born. Those problems must be addressed if the communities that produce those gangster rappers are to survive and thrive. We know some of the problems, and now on behalf of NPCBW, I will offer up some solutions so that we can help turn this nation around and communities around. First of all, we must use all means possible to eradicate and ban the sale of illegal guns. We must remove guns from the hands of our children and our gangsters who are so proud of the power of the gun. That's number one. Number two, we must reinvent our educational system to include more vocational training to provide a successful transition between school and work for those who will not continue to go on to college. We must extend the school hours in the school year so that latchkey children teachers will be from their schools instead of from the street. We must provide educational opportunities for our prisoners so that they will be productive citizens when their tour of prison is over. I met with Senator Carol Mosley Braun and I was very pleased to amend what she was introducing to the Senate, not only educational opportunities, but training opportunities as well. And she has proposed mandated training for all prisoners in education. Now, we must provide... See, Dolores, now you don't have to do say everything you want to say this time. You'll get to talk. Well, I've just got one more page, and you may got I finish? I wait a long time to come, and let me just finish it. Please. Okay, well, if you can I only got one up, more okay. little page here. All right. Uh, to provide community, provide community outreaches so that our youth who have embraced the gangs as their only family will find refuge in community institutions, neighborhood academies, and educational programs. Convert our unused military bases into institutions of peace where men and women can be trained to become productive citizens who will contribute to the well-being of this nation, expand our nation's infrastructure where needed, and make this nation a powerful global force. I stand before you today with millions of my sisters to say that no one has the right to degrade, denigrate, dishonor, or disrespect <laughs> African-American women. No one has the right to poison our children's mind and destroy our African cultural heritage. That is why the women of NPCBW and our supporters will demonstrate, will go to jail again and again and again, just as we did when we demonstrated at the Wiz in December and Sam Goody yesterday. No one and no industry will be allowed to continue this social and psychological genocide of the women and girls of this nation. Stand before you today with the spirits of Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Fannie Lou Hamer, and Mary McLeod Bethune to say this, we will defy any force that will dis disrespect us and our families, and I apologize 
Mary, Mary, my good friend and <laughs> So I want to just start, jump right in to the main key points that she is discussing about gangster rap in particular. And she did target um, a couple of people, but I believe the main name was Snoop Dogg. And let's talk about the Doggy Style album cover. I'm going to pull it up real quick and let's break it down. And I'm going to play Devil's Advocate. How would it be looked at as smut? And I partially, I do see why. It is a fairly explicit album cover. I mean, at the time, you know, at the time, like, when this album dropped, it was a big cultural statement. And it was a big step for Snoop Dogg. You know, because like Snoop Dogg was really, he really came on the scene and took over. And when you like see the cover, it's him. He's reaching for a a woman's butt. Like it was like she has a tail and everything. He's a dog. He has a chain on. You know, like you you see like a brick wall, and Snoop is uh, always on top of things. You know, you you see like some like the little cartoony things. You know. um like one one character on the cover is saying I must chase a cat why must I feel like that nothing but the dog in me like like certain things you know I do see why like this album could the album cover could would be considered smut to someone who was a civil rights activist and for me I got to play the other side where where uh that's Snoop Dogg. That's his personality. You know, he was a young man. He was doing well. He was probably on a rampage with women. Like, you know, just fucking, you know, just getting whatever he wanted. And I think that was a big staple of hip-hop culture at the time. It was weed, women, and violence. You know, especially gangster rap. And at the same time, I gotta respect Snoop. Like, that's his artistic freedom. You know, that is his artistic freedom to do so. You know, and the thing about sexuality is a lot of things regarding sexuality have become less and less taboo. So, C. Dolores is coming from from a more conservative perspective. So, with Snoop Dogg, he's coming from a much more liberal perspective. As in, like, I'm, a, I'm Snoop Dogg. I like women. I want to put that on the cover. And... It it really just puts everything into perspective and the sensibilities of it. Because with Snoop, that is who he is. So can he really be condemned for his self-expression? I don't know. But at the time, I feel like he's just an easy target because he was one of the first, of course, next to Cypress Hill, he was one of the first rappers like really openly, openly like promoting marijuana. Like really openly promoting the use of marijuana. And, of course, like, the gang shit, that plays a part. And I I do see that C. Dolores, you know, she's coming from a perception of she didn't have her rights for such a long time. You know, she she's coming from a perception of just institutionalized racism, you know, really getting deep into that. Like, she knows a lot. Like, people can say what they want, but the reality is C. Dolores is a well-read, educated woman. And even at the end of this video, like the solutions that she does offer outside of just, you know, for me, what I disagree with is um, the free speech stuff, like trying to ban free speech or saying you can't 
rap like this or talk like for me that's where i have to draw the line because like if if you push the meter this way what's going to stop them from pushing the meter further and saying oh even comedians can't express themselves as they wish you know there there are some things that you really have to be careful and you have to tread lightly with and this is one of those things you know as a hip-hop as a hip-hop fan myself like it's hard at times to play devil's advocate especially on the side of dolores right here because i don't think like if you just straight up ban like oh you can't rap rap this rap like this and uh, say this about women or men it's it's honestly gonna make it much more popular to demean women because it's when you, when you say don't jump in the pool, someone's going to jump in the pool. That's what I'm trying to say. As soon as you say don't do something, someone is going to want to do it full force. And I don't condone the disrespect of women in any way. And my next podcast dropping is is titled It's Hard Being a, a Female Hip Hop Fan. Because truthfully, it fucking is. I get it. Like if you're a woman and you hear the radio and all you hear is demeaning shit. And especially in this gangster rap time period where it's strictly like violence demeaning women i understand the perspective the perspective of c dolores but i do think it is a misstep to just say oh we need to ban uh this obscene language it's like obscenities uh profanity it's it's all means of expression right that's all it really is and even with the album cover i look at that as a means of expression because there are other sides of it with gangster rap ice cube put it in beautiful terms where it's he's reporting what's happening in his in his hood you know, and the thing is, too, with this, at the same time, the lines can get blurred because is it storytelling? Are you rapping your real life? Are you just rapping what you've seen like Nas on Illmatic? Like there are these certain things that you kind of have to provide context for, because as much as I as people do harp on gangster rap, how about the gangster movies like where people are acting and shooting people in, in films like we've become so desensitized to that. You know, because that was introduced into our culture so early. So with gangster rap, it does make me ponder: like, is it because that these are it's predominantly black men doing this? Is it is it because of um you know like the gang culture too that's tied to it? That is also possible, and I can see why. You know, with C. Dolores talking about gang culture, how like some of this music could possibly be a soundtrack to murder. Like that that's just that's a cold hard fact. Like some of this shit could be a soundtrack to murder in certain neighborhoods. So see Dolores, you know, when she talks about gang violence, that's very understandable because she saw a lot of black folks get get killed and I'm I'm assuming she she must have saw seen black folks get lynched and demoralized just through her time period. So it probably bothered her to 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 see like the way the culture was going, where it was leaning and how in general like like because there's two sides of it because with this music a lot of like young black people they were they were finding ways to get out of their hood and make money and bring things to to the community like you know re most recently nipsey hustle rest in peace like he is a big staple in that you know the nwa like they really wanted to bring something back to the neighborhood they wanted to make a statement so that's the beautiful side of it is that these guys were able to take their stories and and their struggle and make poetry out of it you know, even though, like, if you look at it on the surface, it's like, oh, that's that's just demeaning. But it's like, I do respect that C. Dolores does also address the fact that these young men were all, are also products of their environment. Like, that has to be addressed. Like, they are products of their environment without a doubt. Because if you're raised a certain way, women are being treated a certain way, 
it, you're going to pick up on that and then it's going to translate into art. And in the words of Bruce Lee, no one is ever fully matured. We are all honestly in a constant cycle of maturing. So if someone in their 20s were to, you know, hold on to something that is instinctual from their childhood and then maybe in their 30s and 40s they're like, hey, you know, looking back at that, I need to grow out of that. You know, and that's that's understandable. But even Dr. Dre, when he was a young man, he, um, you know, he had domestic violence cases. It's weird. In the NWA film, Straight Outta Compton, they fucking brushed over that. And this is not a diss to Dr. Dre. He's older now. You know, people change. They mature. And there's this understanding of that. You know, and I do respect C. Dolores for uh, pointing out, yeah, like there are people who are products of their environment, you know, and there are so many spectrums and sides to things. Do I do do I think like there would be a benefit to more positive music? Yeah. I mean, even on N.W.A.'s uh, album, they may have had Fuck the Police and Straight Outta Compton, but they also had Express Yourself, expressing myself to my full capability. It's like there is positivity and light I, I at the same time. You got to respect these groups and these artists who were just saying like, hey, like with a Be Real recently on Joe Rogan, he was talking about when he wrote Throw Your Set in the Air. If you look at it in the surface, he's just talking about gang shit. But if you look at it deeper, what he was trying to point out is like, you you know if your kid is gang banging, if he's doing this, that, etc. You know, and like well, the process of getting jumped in. So again, it's you're reporting on what's happening in your community. And that's a wonderful thing. And I'm going to have to save that clip and uh, play it for next episode and break down the NWA press conference at some point. But let's go deeper where she talks about if, if these lyrics are not obscene, then nothing is obscene. Well, I mean, shit, like, what about the horse in the bed and Godfather? Is that obscene? Like, that's pretty fucking obscene. It's a decapitated horse head. You know, like, I think obscenity, it's weird how in certain genres of music, specifically, um, like, black-dominated genres, and, I mean, honestly, that's kind of a shallow thing for me to say because pretty much all forms of popular music came from black people and all originated from, you know, blues, rock and roll, country, and then soul, and then hip-hop was birthed from taking records and putting together drum breaks and rocking the party, and then, then you see the evolution of it. That's that's the crazy thing. So with C. Dolores, her point of if this isn't obscene, then nothing is obscene. I, I get where she is saying, because if you watch a Tarantino movie, it is out, outrageous, obscene. But that's Tarantino. That is Tarantino classic. You know, there's going to be blood. There's going to be things. There's gore. And it will be applauded as a masterpiece, as a piece of art. And I just question if... If that's a piece of art, what makes, um, you know, Straight Outta Compton not a piece of art? That's just my question. You know, I, I just have to offer this rebuttal because I do think C. Dolores is a very educated woman. She knows her shit. And to play devil's advocate once more, like, I do see why, yeah, it is obscene. There are, There is some obscene shit that is said in hip-hop. There is no fucking doubt. Especially now, oh my god, like, so much outrageous shit is said. And it's it's wild. But the main points that she was talking about, like, is how hip hop can poison the community, poison the minds. And there is no doubt that the music that we listen to has influence. And if you're a young man, 
you might not have the context to put two and two together that like maybe that they're just reporting on what's happening and maybe like the, they hear the song and like oh i'm gonna get a gun i'm gonna start gang if people take that at face value and just say oh i'm gonna start gang banging well may is there a lack of guidance there, there could be multiple things you know because like yeah what if the father isn't around the mom like what if there isn't proper supervision i see how you know a child could grow into that conditioning and I, I, I see why I see Dolores is pointing this out because, I mean, I'm influenced by rap music. You can tell by my language for sure. You know, I do curse quite a bit, you know, but at the same time, it's not like when I was young and I heard gangster rap, I'm like, oh, I want to shoot motherfuckers. It's, you know, it's the same concept of you watch a, you know, you watch action movies, horror movies. We play violent video games. But the weird thing is with music, especially music where the person is black, there's always this weird, um, it's, it's like they get singled out. I, I, that, that's the truth. I feel like they get singled out. At the same time, I do see where C. Dolores is coming from with this. She is basically just saying that, you know, that there's a consequence to everything. There is a consequence to everything. And that's very truthful on her side. It's very truthful. And... The solutions that she does speak of at the end of her presentation, which there are three. First one, eradicate sales of illegal guns. I mean, that's like the things that she says near the end. I don't think they're wrong. I actually think she's correct. Eradicate the sale of illegal guns. I think that's a beautiful idea. I could definitely get behind that behind that and reinvent the educational system. I mean, I, I'm with it. Like, I mean, as far as longer school days, mm, I don't know. Educational opportunities for prisoners, yes. Trade lessons, yeah. Um, provide community outreach, exactly, you know. I mean, even if they could convert some some of the military, old military buildings, I think that would be cool. I, It's, it's sad to think, if you really think, C. Dolores is ahead of her time. Because it's sad to think that so much money has been funneled into war and all these other projects but how much government how much tax money is is built is is put into helping rebuild these disenfranchised communities and providing outreach programs i know we have the boys and girls club certain things but their funding is definitely not up to par like it should be so i i agree completely with the solutions aside from eradicating hip hop the main thing i disagree with is you know, the free speech stuff. I think free speech needs to definitely stay here. We need to keep free speech because if we move the meter a little bit, they're going to be like, well, you can't say this about that. And then we slowly seep into communism. And that's usually how it happens in Marxism. You know, but I'm not, I'm not a historian. I know Jordan Peterson, but let's go back to eradicate the sale of illegal guns completely. I could get behind that. I think you should have a, a permit to carry, you know, and I can also see the side of the rappers where it's like you're growing up in a war zone. You need, or um, just anyone, not even the rappers, uh, someone who lives in those communities. It's like, I need to have something to protect myself. I can understand that mentality too. And I, I think the thing is with C. Dolores is like, she's tired of band-aids. I think she was really looking for a solution. And I, I know like, I, I think with her, the main thing that got in the way was the generational gap. And I know Tupac had certain things to say about her. But I think in reality, like, that there is this common respect. Like, I, I have respect for C. Dolores because it it, do, it doesn't seem like she's just going out of her way 
you know, to, to demonize hip-hop. Like, this is at a time when a lot of fucking explicit shit was dropping. You know, I just cursed, but this, this was at a time where a lot of per, um, divisive music was, was dropping. So, to be in her shoes, I could understand. If you march, you know, through Selma, Alabama, you get abused and violated by, you know, these, these ignorant folks, these ignorant-ass white people, and then you have to be subjected to you know, the youth, you know, black youth, um, preaching negativity. I like, this is all from her view, how she sees it. Black youth preaching negativity after everything she did to try to secure, you know, some rights and security for her community. I, that is understandable. At the same time, I see the side of the youth where it's like, Hey, you can't be so rigid with us. We're just trying to come up. We're, we're trying, you know, we may not have the same, um, organization or structure, but we are trying. We're trying to make music. It's selling. And that is also the thing. It's like, it sells. It's like, how mad can we be at the artist, really, when the music is selling? How mad can we be? These are just some questions I have to offer. Like, how, really, how mad can you be when the music is selling? And I just have to put that out there. Because at the same time, it is a business. And when, when these people look at the numbers, yeah, that's going to come into play. That is always going to be a factor. But to to put everything into conclusion, I do see where C. Dolores was coming from in all of her angles. I do understand how she could think some certain ways. And I do understand how, you know, the the rappers that she, she opposes were thinking, or even people in that community, I get it. I get both angles of it, and that's why it's such a complex situation. But the thing I really got to say, the solutions that she did provide in her, in her speech, they seem useful. I mean, I, in all those three things, did you really see anything that was just outlandish or stupid? No. She said eradicate the sale of illegal guns, reinvent the educational system, and provide community outreach. I think that's beautiful. And on that note, I just want to leave it at that. What do you think? Do you think, do you completely disagree with C. Dolores? Are you on the side? Are you just strictly hip-hop on that side? Or are you like me where you can see two perspectives, where you see both? Because that's the reality. There are two sides to every story, you know? And it might just be generational, sure. But I, I want to look deeper because she is such an educated woman. And you can't deny that. She is very smart. She knows her shit. And just in general, what do, what do you think of this whole situation as far as, you know, being a female hip-hop fan? Do you think it's hard being a female hip-hop fan? I, I personally do think, I think it is. I'm going to be covering that um, in my next podcast. I, um, I have a lot of stuff coming, a lot of content. And also, you know, I'll touch on that a little bit, you know, a little bit. Because imagine, you know, having a daughter and like certain music comes on the radio and it's really degrading how are you going to feel like would you want to play that around your daughter i just want to pose that question you know i've seen i think dead end hip-hop uh it wasn't fifo um trying to remember it might have been mike c-town where he was talking about how he he won't play certain music around his little daughters and i get it because it's at some point it's it's kind of like i you don't want to expose your kids to horror movies too early you don't want to expose your kids to shit too early so I can understand that, you know, and yeah, it's, it's a very wild thing, you know, being a hip hop fan, especially being a female hip hop fan. 
And I have a theory that that is such a big piece to why Drake is successful. You know, why he has like such a wide female fan base. But anyway, I'm going to be touching on that stuff tomorrow. Um, For now, I just, I wanted this just to be like an essay or a, a question, an answer of C. Dolores where I get to explore her perception. Because she did break down a lot. But mostly it came down to the poisoning of, of uh, the mind, the poisoning of the mental um, health of our youth, you know, um, socioeconomic problems, how music influences. I think she made some valid points, as well as I think the rappers that she criticized made valid points. And that's where I want to leave it. You know, I'm got I'm gonna have plenty of breakdowns. I know I have to break down. I do want to break down some interviews, like definitely like some Ice Cube interviews. Take that and also kind of touch on his social commentary and provide. You know, of course, play devil's advocate with him. You know, because I think Ice Cube is such a has such an expansive voice in the culture. But anyway, thank you all. Tell me, what did you think of the podcast? Love it, hate it? Just let me know. Once again, shout out to Stereotype Co. S-T-E-R-E-O-T-Y-P-E-C-O. Check them out. Amazing clothing. And when I smoke, I fuck with Brooklyn Papers. And also, shout out to Who Is VGT3. Because Who Is VGT3 is is constantly dropping blogs. Really good shit. And I just want... I just want you guys to check it out because, like, honestly, there are times where it's like, man, I need some motivation. What do I do? I'll go check out that blog, read it, and I'm fucking juiced. So, once again, thank all, thank you all, thank you all, all my followers, everyone who's been supporting me. I can't thank you guys enough. I really appreciate it. Thank you all. It is obscene. It is obscene. It is obscene. In 1992, the Canadian Supreme Court ruled that it was more important to ban speech that is dehumanizing to women than to protect free speech. Now we see the direct and indirect effects. We see the rise in murders, in abuse, in batteries, teen prostitution and teen suicide. We hear the wailing mothers, the grieving sisters, the tormented brothers and fathers and children planning their own funerals with pink dresses and pink caskets. If the filth that is portrayed in these gangster rap videos and art is not obscene, then I submit that nothing is obscene. We started off as targets. We had the Congress mad at the whole genre, trying to get rid of us. Now it's like we're not even trying to be good. It's like we just sitting ducks in the eyes of the bull. I open windows with hopes that the wind blows you 10 more blessings. Set my timbos next to my dresser with the Nintendo And yes, the extendos on the AK-47 And it's wrapped in the dresses of Envo It's time, it's time to move something I guess we missed our window to try to prove something whack producer from across the room Walk up to him, smack his hookah across the moon Break a platinum plaque over a rapper back Go and toss that bitch into a dark lagoon Go into the heart of the art form with a harpoon They ain't skilled enough to stand the field with us you gon' have to retire me It's only like four or five of you rappers who can actually inspire me I be out here telling the truth I should sign my autograph with a polygraph I move in silence Trying to get to you before you can brace yourself Cause I'm trying to put your ass in a body cast Y'all niggas lollygag Not me this evening, I'm with the biggest spenders Having the most prestigious dinner You eating church's chicken with suspicious, fictitious sinners I'm a living legend, you a fidget spinner 
I'm getting tattered, they trying to catch up to my past M's And I'm getting better quicker, trying to catch up and pass M's I be blacking out, you can ask them Everything I spit be sick, gag flim Everything I wear be tailor-made to fit Giraffe trim, huh It seem like everybody out here right now wanna be pop While I'm zoning, stirring the pot I'm about to go so motherfucking Lamont Coleman It's about to be disturbing to watch While I'm out here swerving the drop Your favorite rapper about to get cleaned up Served in a box like laundry detergent Pushing around these birds with a mop Trying to stay in a genius creative state of mind Trying to stay sharper than stray sharks in the gator pond Gator down, all for the greater good of the greater grind Why they denying now, all these heathens be crying about Taking care of two, three dudes, but these people be lying We keeping it G we keeping the iron out, they feed negativity We eating vagina while keeping this dying We turning the streets of Detroit to a D-Zoo Eating while we feed people to lions The dude that I bought with me psycho and schizo He think that he loop, he like to lift you and make you skywalk You don't wanna play with none of his make-believe truth He'll make the iron speak too He'll do the art 2 d 2 to your art Until it's parts of an easel through a piece of your heart In a jar for the people to dissect a Juilliard I'm the best of who we are, that's fucking food for thought Nobody else been thinking like me thus far, though, subpar cerebral. For 400 years, profit came before principle. We marched for our rights to Selma. I was there with Dr. King. Music that glorifies and promotes violence with guns, knives, or drugs. And that includes all this gangster rap. That's it. We march again. And we're going to keep on marching. I make your mouthpiece so beast like Della Reese While I'm flipping pies like Patti LaBelle, Sara Lee Eating all the bark with Gargamel off of the cherry tree King of the dark art, all is pale compared to me Let the hell from the evil word flip half fury While hip hop stay colorful fruity like riff raff jewelry I enter into a different intuitiveness on instruments I just whip blash new beats You just the next wave to catch a crazy catchphrase I'm just the neck breaks to the next crazy contestant Who should step to me net pay Tell paparazzi I'm charging sales tax to media In order to picture these digits Press will have to catch a Loch Ness On the back of a Hellcat or capture a media Me I left from the frying pan Like the devil's last ingredient While Jesus wept I made boss music flunkies relate to Better each time I came through Like I held back the previous Look, I'm the real thing These niggas just here to provide dangerous detail if any of y'all MCMs is any fly to me, dear These niggas listen to sign language, probably speak braille Me, I'm just about to stick my dick in the dirt Either that or a motto, these either raps or the Bible I'm gonna relapse for a bottle or be in an Aston Zagato Relax for a throttle, one of the last living rap for fathers who wouldn't ask for a dollar My style lethal ferocious Streaming out the club when you single drop Like a single drop of blood off the beak of a vulture uh. I broke my key off in the car door Just as I was on my way to score a quarter key off of Ardmore I'm an angel of squalor My threshold for pain goes farther than a moraine Who's been ordered to war So a 345, which by the way is a quarter to four Somebody asked me for a change for a dollar While I spray your ass with four different force More layers than 44 assorted guitars Vocabulary lord sicker than Herbie's recording to source The Virgin Mary took a morning after pill The morning before fornicating the Lord Then gave birth to me 44 days later Drinking the 40 at the corner the store. Therefore, this is more than just my dormitory. This is the safe place I come to look Benjamin in the face. Where you gonna end up getting eight, like four and four. Icicles that's made of blood, boiling water, alluring gore. I'm here to combine all three bar exams, four fourth. While I shoot the shit as deep as foul, though, so it's four to four. While driving a Ford, wondering why guys look at me four and four. We're beaten with billy cubs and we're bitten with dogs unleashed by bull carters. We will not tolerate injustice and insults from our worst enemies then and we sure ain't gonna accept insults from our